This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. How long a person lives is one of the fundamental dimensions of human development. In the decade after independence, the Indian life expectancy was a mere 32 years. Now, as per the latest data, an average person in India is expected to live up to 69 years. But is this development vis-a-vis life expectancy equal for all? The short answer is obviously no. But what is the extent of the difference among people with different caste, adivasi and religious identities? And that is what researchers Ashish Gupta and Sangeeta Vyas and their colleagues try to find out. Both are demographers and research fellows at the Research Institute of Compassionate Economics or RICE. Well, Ashish is a David E Bell fellow at the Harvard University. Sangeeta is soon to be assistant professor at Hunter College in New York. Between them they wrote two papers that explain the difference in life expectancies between different social identities ranging from caste, tribal and religion. The links of the papers can be found in the show notes. Hi, I'm Menaka Rao, the host of this episode of the Suno India show, and I spoke to Ashish and Sangeeta. I first asked Ashish about the paper he wrote with Nikhil Sundarsanan, an assistant professor of behavioral science for disease prevention and healthcare at the Technical University of Munich. Ashish uses data from the National Family Health Survey, which is now conducted every 5 years. He charted the data from two decades between 1998 to 2000 to 2013 to 2016. we have data to look at differences in life expectancy uh, between marginalized and privileged social groups for the period 1997 to 2000 and 2013 to 2016 so these two periods are roughly two decades apart so between this period life expectancy in india has grown we find improvements in life expectancy for all social groups however we also find persistent disparities so in the late 1990s Dalit female life expectancy was six years less than that of high caste women. The life expectancy of Adivasi women was even lower than the that of Dalit women. While the life expectancy of high caste women was around sixty-four years, for Dalit women it was fifty-eight years. In this period, life expectancy of Adivasi women was fifty-seven years. Huge differences, as Ashish said. By the mid two thousand tens. the gap between high caste and dalit women was still quite large about 4 years in the case of men this gap has in fact increased so the gap between dalit and high caste men was 4.5 years in the 1990s but more than 6 years in the mid 2010s between 2013 and 16 a dalit woman lived up to 67 years while an adivasi woman up to 68 years a higher caste woman lived up to 72 years So it is not the case that average improvements have necessarily reduced gaps in life expectancy in India. I should mention here that these are not small gaps. It's worth remembering that it took India fourteen to fifteen years to improve overall life expectancy by five years. So you can think of the difference between these marginalized groups and privileged groups if you think about uh, the progress India has made and how much time it makes takes India to make that progress. So even if there have been overall improvements in life expectancy. the gap between the caste groups remain for dalit men versus high caste men the gap has increased for other for instance dalit women versus high caste uh, women or adivasis whether men or women 
the gap has reduced a bit but the gap hasn't re- so in the, in absolute terms so um, but it's not the case that the gap has reduced substantially given the extent of improvements in life expectancy and so we still find large gaps which are still substantial today in this paper researchers divided india into belts north hindi belt east west northeast and south we find differences across these uh, these regional contexts dalit life expectancy is poorest in the hindi belt it is true that life expectancy overall is higher in the west and south but differences are still quite substantial in these uh, regions as well to compare adivasis and high castes we use three regions central india northeast and the rest of india this is based on uh, where adivasis in india live so as expected we don't find differences in the northeast but we find large disparities in life expectancy in central india and the rest of india adivasi life expectancy is poorest in the central indian states the other paper which is written by sangeeta ashish and payal hathi also from rice uses annual health survey this survey collected data from what are called eag states empowerment action group and the states are bihar chatisgarh jharkhand uttar pradesh odisha rajasthan uttarakhand and uttar pradesh the results are similar higher caste people have higher life expectancy so across these nine states dalits and adivasis have lower life expectancy than obcs and high castes um and among the nine states adivasi life expectancy is the highest in assam uh, a society in which they uh, face less discrimination compared to other uh, other states eag states um and the life expectancy of dalits is lowest in uttar pradesh uh, and that of adivasis is lowest in madhya pradesh So that's kind of what we that's a sort of a summary of what we find across states from from the annual health survey. It's not a surprise that Dalits have worse health outcomes not just in relation to life expectancy but nearly every other health indicator. beat infant mortality or malnutrition or anemia this is because of the weak public health system that dalits rely on said angela taneja from oxfam a non-profit she is oxfam india's lead specialist in health education and inequality dalits do perform worse than upper castes uh, for the lack of a better word upper castes why is that that the case the way it is because uh, unfortunately the public health system is broadly weak and therefore those who are dependent on the public health system therefore have uh, lower outcomes so therefore we've somehow over time created a public health system or generally a health system within india which is unequal which uh, i've said this in the past almost amounts to uh, survival of the rich with the poor having uh, no other option than to survive on whatever they can get but at the same time given dalits and tribals are poor therefore that brings with it its own implications in terms of say in terms of social determinants of health for example uh, 
uh, while two of three households in the general category have access to improved uh, sanitation facilities, which were so critical during the pandemic, the proportion for Dalit households is that was 37.2 percent. So therefore, if you don't have access to basics, uh, which are essential for health, it's inevitable that you will have uh, poorer health outcomes. There is no doubt that a person who is poor and lives in a rural area is more likely to have a shorter life. For all the reasons that Angela pointed out, Sangeeta and her colleagues considered another factor, environmental factors including open defecation and use of solid fossil fuels at home, both of which are supposed to increase the risk of disease and mortality. But are Dalits and Adivasis getting a raw deal only because they are more likely to be poor and more likely to live in a rural area or because of these said environmental factors? What they found out that these differences do not account for all the differences in the life expectancy that they found. Sangeeta explains. We find that less wealthy individuals are, of course, more likely to die than wealthier individuals. You know, that's kind of understood. Um, We didn't need data to tell us that probably, but we find that at every wealth category, caste matters. So Adivasis and Dalits have lower life expectancies than uh, OBCs and high caste Hindus across each of the wealth categories that we look at. So, you know, each of these different social groups have different distributions of of where people live. So in an urban area versus a rural area, um, they have a different distribution across uh, wealth. So um, Dalits, Adivasis, and Muslims are on average poorer than higher caste Hindus. Uh, And they also have a different distribution um, in exposure to environmental risk factors like open defecation and uh, solid fuel use. So these are the so these are three things that you know could account for the lower life expectancy that we observe among Adivasis, Dalits, and Muslims compared to uh, OBC and high caste Hindu groups. And so in in the paper, we're trying to sort of we're doing an exercise of trying to see to what extent do these differences, you know socioeconomic status, um, to what extent do those differences account for the differences that we observe between caste uh, and religious groups? Let's just take, for example, the distribution between urban and rural residents. So higher higher caste Hindu groups are more likely to be um, urban compared to live in urban areas compared to Adivasis and Dalits, um, they're actually slightly less likely to be urban compared to Muslims. If we um, control for these differences, what we find in all of this analysis is that um, differences in urban versus rural residents, differences in wealth, and differences in environmental exposures across these um, four groups, um, they they account for less than half of the gaps between the three marginalized groups and higher caste Hindus. Um, So these three things don't seem to be explaining much of the difference in life expectancy that we observe between the three marginalized groups and higher caste Hindus. Um, And so, uh, you know, like just to sum it up, 
although Adivasis, Dalits, and Muslims are poorer um, and poor people are more likely to die, what this analysis is showing is that their poverty does not fully account for their mortality disadvantage. I think that we also um, hope that this work draws attention to the importance of um, public health interventions that explicitly challenge social disparities. Even if you were to bolster health interventions, improving economic conditions or like providing services uh, or interventions that focus just on um, on the poor probably won't be sufficient for solving these problems. Both papers draw attention to the fact that differences in life expectancies of Adivasis and Dalits are comparable to the black-white gap in the U.S. Black women are three to four times more likely than white women to die of pregnancy-related complications. One famous example is how tennis legend Serena Williams felt the impact of racial discrimination after childbirth. She felt that her nurse dismissed her symptoms, which were found to be clots in the lungs that needed immediate surgery. This kind of discrimination exists in India too on caste, tribal and religious lines. Fundamentally, our uh, system ultimately is, is uh, manned and I'm deliberately using the word manned often by uh, professionals who are ultimately reflect coming from a certain social milieu and therefore hold the same stereotypes and prejudices that uh, probably other uh, individuals from a somewhat privileged upper caste background might have. Oxfam did a study on whether people are treated with dignity in the health sector. Angela, along with her colleagues, used the Patient Rights Charter released by the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare as a framework and did a rapid survey. What we found was 20% of Dalit and Adivasi respondents said that they felt discriminated against on the, rich, on the basis of caste or their ethnic myers, that is, Adivasi identity. What did that look like broadly? And we've all, since then also done a paper on issues of uh, uh, the experiences of Dalits Adivasi and Adivasis in the private system. So they, again, uh, that review of literature also threw up issues, which are in some ways ultimately doctors and uh, are doctors irrespective of the, whether they are in the government or the private system. So therefore, uh, three set of broadly issues as far as literature as well as experience shows. In terms of uh, tribal, a lot of complaints and a lot of reports about condescending manner and looking down on tribal parents of tribal patients in terms of uh, expecting that they don't they think basics don't need to be explained to them what to what does a tribal know anyway etc uh, for dalits unfortunately there are still several uh, instances of doctors either avoiding to touch completely or uh, trying to evade touching uh, Dalit patients. Again, there's the element of caste, 
if you uh, uh, but if you look uh, whatever research has been taken they would say that they are dirty uh, so therefore the question of touch uh, and uh, uh, pollution that comes with touch still unfortunately is prevalent in parts of india and then there are waiting times in terms of those with a more privileged background uh, getting to the doctor faster and easier than someone from a marginalized community and we've all seen for example during the lockdowns uh, migrants from lower caste being treated pretty badly uh, when they returned home so therefore uh the expectation of equal treatment of a patient whether the person is from a, a general category slash upper caste or a lower caste uh, everyone has the has the right to a same quality of care unfortunately isn't uh, prevalent across the board in the country so there's the story of uh, this woman who was actually a dalit but with an upper caste sounding uh, surname who who went to a private hospital and had a fairly decent time until the uh, until the doctor looked at the file and realized that she was an sc patient and was immediately uh, upset with her about you you could sense the treatment changing uh, therefore uh unfortunately that still happens lack of dignity and lack of information about the treatment options can push people to traditional healers and unregistered medical practitioners or quacks which uh, one of the reasons why a lot of uh, unregistered medical practitioner flourish in the uh, in the nearby areas at least they are nearby they are more the relationship is more equal even if they may not be qualified and trained but at least they are there though the situation is comparable the kind of discussion that is there in the us is absent in india if you look uh, unfortunately there isn't a lot of research on this but uh, whatever research exists especially with respect to private uh, hospitals there still are uh, reports of denial of entry to private clinics there is still evidence on longer waiting times for example there has been a study which show uh, significant differences between brahmans and other caste in terms of waiting times and during the pandemic almost 50% of dalits and adivasis faced difficulties in accessing non covid medical facilities compared to just 18% for the general category of course that's not just india lots of countries for example racial minorities in the us faced similar experiences in terms of waiting times and poor time with quality of interaction with clinicians but that doesn't dis- in any shape or form justify it and it does mean that unlike in the in those context where this is actively discussed in the profession there isn't a lot of discussion around this within uh, the medical profession again as i said earlier partly because there aren't enough uh, dalits and adivasis in the leadership position why is additional reason 
uh, we don't we have fairly limited space for social accountability in the private sector there are the spaces for uh, poor patients to file complaints and be heard those spaces generally are not available for anyone for middle class people for poor people uh, the experience becomes even worse so therefore uh, a part of the solution is to build those spaces part of the solution is to give statutory make put in place statutory mechanisms for grievance redress make sure that those spaces are available in say tribal language languages which for example address would address issues of discrimination because without them uh, we are not just doing justice to our uh, bahujan uh, share of our bahujan citizens of india the question of muslims life expectancy is also interesting while the researchers found out that there is a difference in upper caste and muslim life expectancies as in muslims live shorter lives than upper caste hindus but the difference is not as high as those observed between upper caste hindus dalits and adivasis this is possibly because of some of the specific behaviors of muslim community that provide some advantage to both children and adults there is prior literature in india that despite socio economic disadvantage muslims have lower child mortality usually we expect people with higher social or economic disadvantage to have higher mortality among children there was this documented mortality documented paradox that muslims had lower child mortality compared to hindus in an important paper mike jerusso and dean spesh showed that the muslim infant mortality disadvantage the muslim infant mortality advantage can be explained by the higher usage of toilets among uh, muslims so they had lower they had lower um, they had higher use of toilets they had lower exposure to fecal germs and so, and so they had lower infant mortality so in addition to differences in sanitation we know that muslim men are less likely to drink uh, alcohol than hindu men this implies lower accidental mortality lower prevalence of disease liver disease and so on there is also some some research uh, uh, which suggests that there may be lower suicide prevalence among muslims because of cultural reasons the big challenge here is that there is very little data which measures behaviors at baseline and mortality later on our study examines mortality rates across the life course and so um, and so it not only does it compare child mortality but also mortality at uh, other ages and compares muslims with higher caste hindus not hindus um we find that the muslim mortality advantage in the childhood ages has reduced uh in this in the between the period 1997-2000-2013-16 we also find some advantages among muslims in ages beyond childhood which need further examination however we find that on the whole muslims have a disadvantage when we compare them to higher caste hindus this disadvantage has increased in the early 1990s muslim advantage was one year in life expectancy at birth and by the mid 2010s it was about 3 years further work is needed on why this muslim uh, disadvantage has grown and we're doing some of this work now
Sangeeta says that the small difference in life expectancies between Muslims and upper caste masks other different patterns of mortality in certain age groups. The, Ashish says that despite more healthy behaviors, the fact that Muslims have a disadvantage is problematic. Behaviors matter for health and here is a group that does many things. I mean, culturally, they use toilets, they're less likely to drink and so on. And still they have a disadvantage, right? Sangeeta if they explored the gender angle. Overall, we know that women live more than men and though the research is unclear, the researchers say that some reasons could be that the girls survive better as babies or that women smoke less. I think the interesting gender finding is, um, is when you, so women in general in, in most places in the world have um, higher life expectancy than men do. Um, and so the sort of interesting gender finding is looking at the gap between, uh, female and male life expectancy by social groups. So the difference between men and women for Adivasis, Dalits, Muslims, and higher caste Hindus. And what we see is actually that the gap between women and men among um, among Adivasis is quite a bit larger than the gap between women and men among higher caste Hindus. And so, you know, one of the things that um, I think has been documented in the literature is that the gap between men and women in India is actually lower than the gap between uh, women and men in the United States. And this finding sort of looking at the gaps across these different social groups kind of gives us some intuition for understanding um, the sort of low, smaller female advantage among women in India compared to the U.S. It may have something to do with, uh, you know, a stronger sense of, of patriarchy and patriarchal beliefs and attitudes that, um, that are that are practiced more strongly among higher caste Hindus compared to um, Adivasis. So it's sort of giving us some intuition. Of course, you know, it's not, we're, we can't say like definitively this is why, but um, the fact that we see a larger advantage for women among Adivasis compared to higher caste Hindus suggests that, and, and we know that Adivasi households um, are kind of practice these like uh, sort of practice you know women's seclusion and things like that less than than higher caste Hindu households that can you know potentially explain some of these differences. So what Sangeeta is saying is that the advantage women have over men in terms of life expectancy is seen more in Adivasi women than upper caste women. And this may have something to do with Adivasis having a more egalitarian community as compared to the rest of Hindu society. So to summarize, even though there is overall betterment in terms of life expectancy across various groups of people in the society, the so-called development differs, be it in certain castes or tribes or religion or gender identity. And interventions are required to bridge the gap. 
प्लीज रेट आर पॉडकास्ट एंड लीव अ कॉमेंट इफ यू लाइक इट अंडर रिपोर्टेड एंड अंडर रिप्रेजेंटेड स्टोरीज कैन बिकम मेन स्ट्रीम ओनली इफ इट रीचेस मोर पीपल सो प्लीज सपोर्ट अस बाय विजिटिंग अ कॉन्ट्रीब्यूटिंग पेज ऑन आर वेबसाइट सुनो इंडिया डॉट इन और फॉलो अस ऑन फेसबुक ट्विटर और इंस्टाग्राम